I'm rolling. Hello. Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Mega Strange. Today, we are doing a live episode. Hi, everybody in the studio Hello. audience. Hello. Uh, we're in the middle of a week-long stream here in, uh, in our studio. It's going to be an interesting episode today. Okay. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to the loyal viewer out there who sent some wonderful gifts. It's a jackal. To me and Johnny. It's a jackal. Is it's a jackal uh, in the studio audience today? Are you there? It's a jackal. It's a jackal. If you are, we'll shout you out. Um, but we received, I feel like that one was for you and this yeah. one was for me, even though I know you've been blowing this on stream. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to stick that in my mouth. Yeah, later yeah. Feel free. Or somewhere else. Uh, this is a Hedora and he's like chiefing on a smokestack. It's kind of cute. I love him. I, I learned it has like taxidermy eyes, apparently. That's fucking creepy. That was a, a speaker check for everybody at home. Speaker I actually check. didn't intend to blow that directly into oh, the microphone. Oh, did you blow it into the microphone? <laughs> Dude, the, it continues. The tradition continues. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that. We'll uh, put a warning in the recorded nah. version, a countdown or something. But this is... Uh, uh, I want. I don't want to say it's, it's uh, Aztec. Aztec or Mayan if I'm going to get it wrong. But it's called a death whistle, and you uh, they tell you to sneak up behind somebody and just blow it right in their ear. Um, so that's kind of what I did to you in the uh, in the microphone just now. This really, they really just need to put the one one word on here, nice and big, but they don't do it. It really doesn't. Say I think it. it's Aztec, but I could be wrong. It is Aztec. It is Aztec death whistle. Yeah, whistle. that should be the only word on. Yeah, there's Aztec <laughs> death whistle. They actually included instruction books, uh, an instruction card on the whistle. Yeah. In case you couldn't instinctively think to blow in it. Uh, but nevertheless, what? this is awesome. So thank you so much. It's a jackal. Actually, why am I putting it back in the box? Yeah. We'll add it to our little Ooh. trophy collection here. These which, are my favorite cryptids right here. We got Hedora, Mothman, and the whistle. Uh, absolutely. And if you want to send anything, uh, to make a strange, send it to the PO box and the address will be in the info of the YouTube video. Sure. Here. So today's episode has been, um, I've been preparing this for a while. This was inspired by a conversation I had on new year's Eve with a friend of mine. Okay. Who basically started. There was shit talking, shit talking. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Shit talking. Uh, we're good friends. No, no beef at all. But it was a very interesting intellectual conversation. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts was basically the premise of the conversation. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in the paranormal? And the argument on the other side from this friend of mine was that it's all bullshit. It's all just in your head, psychological, and basically was making good arguments, but was saying that science has proven that ghosts do not exist definitively. I wouldn't say, like, I mean, just for hearing that, I wouldn't say science has definitively proven that. There are just certain elements we've discovered. Like, I've brought up a million times, like, uh, sound waves can rattle the eyes and stuff like that. But I feel like there's still a lot that's left unknown. Do you believe in ghosts? I want to believe in ghosts. 
I think we've talked about this before because, like, I, I I've said, uh, ghosts kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of insinuates that there's an afterlife, and I like that that concept more than ghosts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I I currently I haven't seen any proof of ghosts that I believe. You've never experienced anything that would make you th- believe uh, in ghosts, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced like everything that people mm. usually talk about. Like, I, I've experienced like doors opening and like stuff falling off uh, counters and stuff, but I've always just kind of chalked it up to coincidence. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. Most people um, in America, at least, don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. 55% of Americans, according to the most recent poll, which was conducted in like 2013, so it's a little outdated, say they don't believe in ghosts. The reason I say it's outdated, actually, is because um, reports have shown that since uh, this happened, yeah. belief in the paranormal, cryptids, and conspiracy theories has skyrocketed. I bet. like Which I, yeah. coincides with the creation of this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, I, I think that when something unbelievable like that happens, like I wonder, I mean, if anyone out there knows this, I wonder if that happened uh, after nine 11, like, like w- when something crazy like that happens, it did. It, d- it did. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy. Uh, the reports say that in times of great cultural distress, yeah. um, dude, life starts to seem a little less logical and people right? are like, I don't know. Maybe fucking Bigfoot is real. I, I did hear some crazy shit in the woods once, you know? Uh, fucking wild shit's happening in the world. Around uh, like a couple years before 9-11, my great grandpa had died. And then post 9-11, my mom was really like, he's around. Like she would always say like, he's here. Um, His spirit's here every time. Like his lucky number was 21. Every time that would come up, she'd be like, he's here. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember that like post 9-11, that was a thing. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I myself uh, from a very young age had family members who passed away. And, you know, when you're a child and you experience that, you want to believe in ghosts. Yeah. And so I feel like I, and maybe you said this, I want to believe in Same, ghosts. Yeah. I think I really do. I, I think I want to believe in ghosts. Um, But I haven't made up my mind. I can't say for sure because, yeah, it is hard to find definitive evidence it i find that it's hard because like i i find that ghosts kind of take on what people think like mentally what what's scary mm-hmm. like we always hear like oh i saw a ghost and it was this victorian like evil looking woman it's like i feel like if ghosts are real we'd like like oh there's bob like we just see like some random dude walking around maybe yeah I think a big part of it is that everybody has there are so many different definitions of what a ghost is mm. and what a ghost could be yeah so with that being said, I put it up on myself. I gave myself a task for okay. this episode. I wanted to go out there and collect in one place all the fucking evidence. Oh. Definitively. Shit. No bullshit. I know on this show, I'll, I'll oh, here's a spooky video. Shadow, <laughs> shadow walked by. How do you explain yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, somebody's here's an orb. Here's an orb. How do you explain that? Okay. Yeah. A lot of questions. Mm. Well, today I wanted to bring answers. Okay. I wanted science. What, what does science say about ghosts, the afterlife, death? And, and how are we even studying this stuff? Like, yeah. can we be sure that this are, th- these are conclusive results? Yeah. And it's a it's a wild uh, rabbit hole and wormhole that I went down. I want to share it with everybody out there and you and get your feedback yeah, yeah, on definitely. it. And it's interesting because a lot of the things you say 
intuitively come throughout multiple points um, in this research. I love that. I love when when my brain gets you got it right, man. Um, and so <laughs> I this might be a little disjointed. I have some photos and videos I might want to share, but we're doing this live, so you might have to come back for the recorded version to see it all. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll I'll skip down a little bit, and we'll just go all the way back to. We'll do some history here because I found a story um, which is the first appearance of what we might consider a ghost. Okay. Um, the first recorded story in English in which we would um, recognize this entity as a ghost. Let me see here. Let me Jesus see. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. No, this story <laughs> dates from the end of the 14th century. So okay. like 13 something, right? Um, in a monastery in Byland. And I'm assuming Byland is a uh, territory in England or something. Okay. A monk chat will let us know. <laughs> a monk was recorded uh, recorded a series of strange and unusual events that had happened in the area. And among these recorded stories was a tale of a man who had encountered an entity while walking down the road. And this entity first appeared to him in the form of a terrifying horse. Okay. A terrifying horse. I feel and, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I feel like horses are kind of like harbingers of doom sometimes. I just want, I just yeah. love that uh, this the first ghost in English yeah. in an English story was a spooky horse. <laughs> so this guy, it's like thirteen. Let's say it's like thirteen eighty nine. Yeah, and he's a peasant, and he lives by this monastery. And weird shit's been happening in this monastery, and he's walking home one night. It's foggy, you know. Woo, wolves are howling. Full yeah. fucking full moon, and he looks behind him, and the clop clop, and there's this fucking crazy looking horse. That's terrifying. Um, which begins to follow him down the road. Yeah. He tries to outrun the horse. He fucking gets scared. Okay. And he takes off running. Yeah. Fucking, he's fucking, fucking this fucking horse. It's a third, run this horse. Yeah, and he's English, and it's like the third, 14th century, so he's like, Oi! <laughs> a fucking horse! I don't know. This bloke is after me. Exactly. And then he looks back, and the horse is gone. And he's oh. like, oh, phew. But then he turns to looking forward, and the ghost has reappeared in front of him now. But it assumes the form of a glowing haystack. Okay. A glowing haystack. Now, I want you to keep in mind, at this point in ghost lore, this is a solid thing. This is a real fucking creepy horse, like an actual yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. And now it's an actual Haystack is like glowing. Maybe it's on fire or something. I don't know. Um, he commands the spirits in the name of God to speak to him. I command you in the name of God to speak to me. And the spirit assumes a human form in the shape of a simple peasant. And the spirit asks the man to, now this is weird, asks him to carry a sack of beans across a nearby bridge. To which the man agrees. This and, is my favorite Bible story. <laughs> and uh, he says, all right, I'll, I'll carry your... Uh, Sack of beans, you weird peasant ghost, and suddenly finds a sack of beans has been strapped to his back. <laughs> right. 
I don't know. It doesn't specify how many beans. Yeah. I like to assume this is like an ungodly amount, like a burlap sack from hell full of beans that are like spilled, like weighed in, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. 250 pounds like of beans. Like a turtle shell full of beans. Yeah, exactly. Bean stranding, someone in the chat said. <laughs> uh, bean awesome. stranding, yeah. Uh, he crosses, he, uh, he takes the beans and he crosses the bridge with them, at which point the beans disappear along with the spirit. Okay. And it's never heard from again. Wow. And that's the story. I wonder what would have happened if he didn't take the beans across the bridge. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. What's interesting about this story is this ghost is not in any way connected with a traumatic death. Okay. It's just like a whatsoever random entity. It's this guy's walking down the road. Crazy horse starts following him. The horse disappears. It's a glowing haystack. He commands it like reveal yourself. Then turns into a peasant and makes the bean offer. It feels like like a, you know, a ghost that has like leftover business or something like that. Like I could see that. Yeah. Like it's so specific. Like take these beans. Like maybe they were like beans for as long, like his dead wife or something. Um, at the time, you know, this is like the 14th century. There are other like entities that they call Bogarts that are associated with like a traumatic death or a murder. Okay. Um, and if somebody died in an area traumatically, it might attract a Bogart that would live there and lurk okay. in the area. I think those are in Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Bogarts. I think that, I mean, if somebody like died there, maybe like a wild animal would come smell the you oh, know, the 100%, blood yeah. or something. And, you know, it does like attract creatures. Um, but it's that these are not ghosts that are associated with these traumatic mm-hmm. deaths. Not yet. All right. Um, when a ghost appears at this time, uh, first of all, the point that I think I'm trying to establish here is that people's perceptions of ghosts are very much influenced by culture. Yeah. Folk tales and stories. And that the way people perceive ghosts has changed over, you know, the past 500 to 700 years. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. I feel like TV and movies have played a big role in like what people think ghosts look like. Yeah. So over time, ghosts do start to be associated with friends, close friends and family members who have just recently passed away. Mm -hmm. Like within a few months, they might appear to you. And in England at this time, there's no difference. There's no differentiation between seeing a ghost in real life okay. or seeing a ghost in a dream. Yeah. They believe that uh, a ghost, that dreaming of a dead person was considered the same as seeing their ghost. And in this sense, I've seen a ghost. Yeah, I was about to say, I've dreamt a lot of, about like dead relatives. They communicated with you? Oh, yeah, all the time. I see... Uh, Specifically, I see my my grandma a lot. Really? Yeah. Still to this day? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I part of me thinks like she's just on my mind a lot, but like I don't know. Do you feel like the dreams are significant? I can't. I I have a hard time recalling a lot of like specifics of dreams, but I do like I'll remember like something like that. Like if I see my grandma in a dream, I'll remember that, mm-hmm. but I don't remember like what she said or anything. Um, for me, the the dreams I remember are the ones that I have over and over again. I have a lot of like uh, something fucked up and you're back in high school dream. Like I have that like once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had this dream. Um, this person who had passed away recently that I cared about, like, um, they appeared to me in a dream 
in a like busy hallway in a very clinical setting. It almost felt like a school setting or like a DMV or something. This was such a creepy dream, man. They were like at the end of the hallway mm. and I could see them, um, but it seemed like nobody else could see them. So it very much felt like I was like a present in the dream too. Like almost feeling like I know this is a dream and I know this person just passed away and, yeah. and there they are. And it like, even in the dream, I was like, this is sad to me. And I wish somebody else in this dream could like acknowledge that they were there. And suddenly I had this camera in my hands and I was like, I'll take a picture of yeah. them and then I'll show people the picture and be like, look, can't you see them there? And I took the picture and, uh, they weren't in the picture, man. Oh. And I see, I could see them standing there, but I couldn't catch her a picture of them. And then I woke up and I was like, damn dude, that shit felt real. Yeah. That was pretty, that gnarly. felt like a visitation. Uh, I just want to say real quick, like, I think the closest thing I've ever had to like anything paranormal i don't like to talk about this a lot because it, it definitely is a bummer yeah but uh one of my friends uh i don't know what i could say for youtube here but they passed away they passed away by their own hands um on new year's and i was at a party and i didn't know it was happening but i remember exactly at midnight i had this feeling of dread and i kept telling my friends like i, I need to leave I didn't know why. I just said, I have to go. And then I woke up the next morning and learned that that had happened. Mm -hmm. And it's, it freaks me out because I remember like, I mean, this is stupid to say, but like Bam Margera, when he talked about when Ryan Dunn died, he kept saying like, he just started punching out windows for no reason. Like even before he knew, mm -hmm. like I've literally felt, I've, people are like, oh, he's, he's lying. Like I literally had that happen to me. Like it was midnight. I was like, I need to go home. Like I need to leave. I feel horrible. And I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was the next day. Yeah. Well. Science would say there's no way that you could know that because yeah. they would say that we'll get into it later, but they would, they would say you shouldn't be able to know those things. Yeah. Right. But I have some anecdotal stories of similar things, people who do know things. Oh, it's called remote viewing or, oh, yeah. or, uh, well, remote viewing is when you can see something, but it's a form of ec extrasensory perception mm. or psychic ability if you believe in that stuff okay but that's yeah we we got a lot of way to get there because we're still in like the 14th century yeah, at this yeah, point yeah. sorry I'll let giving you, you the history continue. of ghosts and i'll try to speed through it because no, no, the main thing good. on everybody's mind at this point is like not so much what a ghost is but where they come from because at the time the church uh, the Catholic church pretty much dominates society and the Bible does not say that ghosts are real. And so people are wondering what are we experiencing? Yeah. The church doesn't have any answers. Um, the closest thing that they can think of is, well, the Bible does describe a place called purgatory where it's not quite hell and it's not quite heaven. Yeah. It's for people who have, minor sins but these sins could be like burned away um you could work them off and then work your way into heaven uh sorry real quick yeah someone chested what about the holy ghost like is that was that i don't know much about christianity it, is the term ghost just from that well um I am not uh, here. I haven't done my research <laughs> sorry, on sorry, catholicism sorry. but to speak from just my own personal experience the Holy Ghost is like your soul, okay. like your spirit. Oh. Um, and so it, it would be connected to kind of what we're talking about, but it's like this sense of identity that we have. Okay. Um, 
And maybe I'm getting that wrong, but that's, I think, what I'm recalling from Bible school when I was Ooh. a kid. Sorry. So in, seven, in 1762, there's this, uh, there, I just want to bring this up because there's a street called Cock Lane uh, <laughs> in London. And I just think it's messed up that they yeah. had, that in 1762, they had Cock Lane. Cock Lane. Uh, what was going on there? I'm afraid to ask. Who's going to Cock Lane? Jack the Ripper. And why? Yeah, ripping something. Yeah. Stroking something. Ripping cock, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was a house on Cock Lane, which, by the way, would make a great name for a horror movie. (laughs) There was a house on Cock Lane. Or a pornographic (laughs) film. The house on Cock Lane. (laughs) And the house on Cock Lane had a story that it was haunted by the ghost of a woman named Fanny Lines. 1762. The house on Cock Lane was haunted by Fanny Lines, and the ghost could not be seen, but would make its presence known through knocking. I know Fanny is like a in in the UK is a come on, get your mind out of the gutter. All right, (laughs) we already have Cock Lane. All right, the story spread across the city, and people started coming to the house, paying money Mm. to go in. Okay, and hear the knocking. Well, guess what? It turned out that the Cock Lane haunting was a fraud. And a publicity stunt oh. uh, perpetrated by the owners. They were discovered to have been making the noises, but the story was so popular, this was the first widely publicized instance of an invisible ghost okay. that could make itself known by knocking. 1762, oh. the house on Cock Lane. Never forget, they should call it the house on Knock Lane. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were knocking. Um, this idea spread, uh, even to America and kind of changed the idea of ghosts forever as like invisible entities. Yes. Okay. You could experience a ghost that you did not see. So in before this, you saw them plain as day. They were standing there. They might disappear, but then they'd be over there. Mm. Now they don't even, you don't even see them. You just know that they're around. They communicate to you. So this fake instance kind of added to the zeitgeist ghost may be invisible. Yes. Okay. Um, less than a hundred years later in New York, another house, another haunted house, this one owned by three sisters, Leah, Margaret, and Catherine Fox. These sisters claimed that they were able to communicate with something in their house. And that by communicating with this entity, they had discovered that it was the spirit of a peddler, a salesman, who had been murdered and buried in the house before the family moved in. Their method of communication with the spirit was through taps and knocks heard on a specific table. Mm. This sounds similar to the house on Cock Lane, but yeah. there's a major difference here. The house on Cock Lane, the ghost was just knocking on shit. Woo! Woo! <laughs> but in this one... I'm the cock knocker. I'm the cock knocker. Well, in New York, the sisters knocked back. They were <laughs> actually communicating with a ghost. Uh-huh. They weren't just being haunted. They were talking to somebody from the afterlife. This was right around the time. Okay, this was also uh, discovered to be a fraud. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. More fake news. More fake news. But this was at a time, 1848, when the telegram had just been invented. Oh. And so there was this idea. The telegram, by the way, you could communicate across vast yeah. distances by tapping. 
and you could convey yeah. a lot of information. So these ghosts keep up on modern technology. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> exactly. And even though the Fox sisters were discovered to be uh, charlatans, pranksters, charlatans, the story inspired an entire movement, spiritualism. Okay. This idea. What, what year was that again? Sorry. 1848. Okay. That's cool. This idea that you could communicate with people in the afterlife. You say certain, you say things sometimes in the show yeah. and I like wish I had a notebook because I, I, I like want to keep that in here. Like the, the, the beginning of spiritualism. That's so interesting to me. I would read a whole book on that. Yeah. Well, you can rewatch this episode oh, on YouTube you <laughs> on the mega strange YouTube channel. Uh, the movement of spiritualism is dedicated to the idea that an afterlife exists and, well, specifically the Christian idea of an afterlife. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the Tibetan Book of the Dead. You're not going through this cave. It's not like yeah. resurrection. Like, <laughs> and it, it's the Christian idea of afterlife. But that also, it could be scientifically provable. You're blowing my mind because I, th I feel like a lot of uh, ghosts are like Christian. There's a lot of Christian spirits. <laughs> they are. They're like, Jesus, talk to me. Um. Um, so they were using the emerging technology, uh, and there was another emerging technology as well, photography. Mm, yeah. And around the same time, we start getting the very first photographic evidence of ghosts. Great. Uh, I, I don't have any of these photos, but they, by today's standards, are very obviously fake. <laughs> Yeah. They're using double exposure technologies and the ghosts are always just standing still because that's how you had to take a photo back then. You had to stand still for a long for time. For a long ass time, yeah. Um, but there's another similar technology and this one, you're going to have to tune into the YouTube recording because I have a video and okay. we're not going to show it on the live one today, but I'll show you because they invent these special theaters and they invent, uh, they use gas lights or gas lanterns okay. to project stained glass images of ghosts. This predates movies. And this That's is a, a this is ghost. This is a product uh, a production known as a phantasmagoria. Really? This is a phantasmagoria, is That's what they call sick. it. And I have a video of a phantasmagoria. Okay. I'm gonna show it to you. Again, you'll have to come see this on YouTube to watch this video. This is not a puzzle of flesh. This is just phantasmagoria. Whoa. It is just like Pepper's ghost. That's cool. Whoa. So there's a demon. There's like a talking face. We'll describe it to people. This guy is being, he's trying to kill a demon in his pajamas. Yeah. But they're like projected on in darkness almost. Yeah. So they're just stained glass projections. Really detailed. They look yeah. like, they look like comic book illustrations. There's a, a bat flapping its wings, so they yeah, can. Yeah, there's like movement. They can use multiple stained glass panels um, at the same time. Dude, 1840s, 1850s, like movies haven't been invented, and you're just watching. You go to the Phantasmagoria, and you just see like ghosts projected, like a uh, in the dark. If uh, we the, people make memes online where they say like, uh, if what will you show a fucking 18th century peasant that would kill them in one second? And I feel like that that's that's something that like if I saw that, I'd be like. An 18th century peasant. Or yeah. like, you know, any any time. What would period. I show them? I'd show them the fucking ring. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think the Phantasmagoria is scary? Watch the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's a movie? So, 
the phantasmagoria gave rise to the idea that ghosts are not solid, nor are they invisible, but they are translucent. This is awesome. They're like, see-through. It's literally just like, you it's know. the history of ghosts, man. It's like, like uh, I love that there's actually like, you could pinpoint each moment of like, where the like modern like sheet ghost. Well, let me from. tell you, if you want a pinpoint, I'm going to drop a pin in about 20 minutes, yeah. maybe 10 minutes. That's going to blow your fucking mind. Okay. Because you lived through a like ghost era movement and you didn't even realize it. Oh we all God. did actually. Dude. And nobody realized it. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here sure. though. All right. This is where it truly starts to go bonkers. This is where the history of ghosts goes burr, 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 off the rails oh off the this is where it i mean i'm hyping it up but i'm just really excited the ghost train goes off the ghost rails at the height of the cold war uh -huh. i'm fast forwarding about you know 100 years yeah. here joseph stalin becomes fascinated with the possibility with the possibility oh. of psychic powers um, and this causes him to devote a significant amount of time and resources to trying to prove the existence of psychics, ghosts, paranormal, okay, crazy shit like that. What it, it all, and I'll tell you why mm. how this started. Uh, in 1945, it goes back to the Nazis. I was gonna say, isn't this like Nazi shit? This is how it started. In 1945, the Nazi regime is defeated at the end of World War II, and members of the United States Scientific Intelligence Team um, start what they call Operation Alsos. And Operation Alsos is to scoop up as much intel as possible about unresolved German military projects. Okay. They've beaten the, the Germans. Now they want to know what secrets they had. In a bombed-out villa in an Affluent neighborhood, rich neighborhood, southwestern Berlin. There's this bombed out villa. They uncover, the United States uncovers a cache of documents and artifacts that are part of Heinrich Himmler's science organization, um, which was very well funded and very vast um, and even had a branch devoted to survey of so-called occult sciences. Okay. And we've all heard these stories. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of what the Indiana Jones movies are about, the early ones. Um, but the high-ranking Nazi leader was obsessed with the occult. And um, on his orders, the SS officers were ordered to like ransack museums from Poland, Ukraine, Crimea, all over Eastern Europe, all these places yeah. they, they had invaded and just um, collect artifacts that were used in the occult. So they found like um, the organization was there to study ESP, psychokinesis, map dousing, um, an element of the supernatural and the paranormal. I find it hilarious that the Nazis like believed in like the occult and yet they were killing millions of people. Like, wouldn't you be afraid of like ghost revenge? I wasn't going to get into this because okay. it's extremely dark. Okay. But the Nazis <laughs> were actually experimenting with this occult magic, yeah. quote unquote, um, and doing 
extremely heinous yeah. experiments on their uh, prisoners mm. of which. Yeah. So it's, it's very dark yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's honestly, we're talking about ghosts, but some of this shit's like even way too dark. Yeah. For, it's hard for to a podcast. Yeah. Like this. It's hard to talk about ghosts and not, you know, dabble in death because I mean, like they're hand in hand. Anyways. Uh, so we found that cash and it was very interesting. And you know, the United States government was like weird. <laughs> These guys. This is why we kicked their ass and yeah. fucking <laughs> should have practiced uh, shooting. <laughs> and we went home. But then we got this report that the Soviets had also found a cache of their own. Ooh. And this actually did scare the ever living shit out of the United States oh, government. <laughs> no, and the CIA. Never to be outdone by the Russians, the uh, the CIA secretly funded similar programs during the Cold War okay. to study psychic ability and the uh, existence of the supernatural. This actually inspired the movie uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah, I love that movie. And stuff like that. Um, attempting to find ways, you'll find this interesting. So this attempting to find ways to measure the presence of a ghost electronically by monitoring ghost activity with video cameras and tape recorders, all of that came around at this time. Okay. In the 1950s and 60s. These are all Cold War tactics. Cold oh. War espionage surveillance tactics. So like EKG and stuff comes from that? Yeah. Or? Okay. Like trying to catch a ghost on tapes, yeah. setting up cameras, mm. setting up infrared monitors, okay. right? Doing that kind of scientific experimentation. This was all pioneered in our country by the CIA and the United States government. Um, side notes. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I want to make sure I don't skip ahead here. Oh, there were stories of Americans putting psychics on nuclear submarines. There were rumors of Soviet mind control rays at this time. Apparently there was a Russian psychic who was so powerful. She could stop the heart of a frog with only her mind. These are the stories and rumors that were circulating um, and coming out of these programs at the time. That sounds like the worst X-Men character. Yeah. Each new rumor was based on some like actual experiments or um, something. And so it caused like what they call the psychic arms race to speed up. We're kind of getting off of ghosts, but I just found this stuff interesting. I think like there's some of that in Metal Gear. Oh, this is super like inspired by Metal Gear or this inspired Metal Gear Solid. Okay, so there was this actual one time when um, a psychic from America did locate a Soviet bomber that had gone down that nobody else was able to find. Wow. Um, and this is kind of a crazy story. Do you have their name? Yes. Okay. I do. I'll have to find it here. Yeah. In the 1970s, there was a remote viewing program, mm-hmm. like what we talked about yeah, earlier, yeah. Um, owned by the Defense Department. Operating out of a uh, small Air Force base in Ohio, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And there was a secretary there named Rosemary Smith. And Rosemary believed that she had psychic powers. It was a very small budget program, uh, and most people thought it was bullshit. But in 1976, they gave a a job to Mary that was basically an impossible job. And said, all right. See what you do with this. A Soviet bomber had gone down in the jungles of Africa and the CIA and military intelligence had used every intelligence collection means available 
from satellite technology to human intelligence. Um, and they were, they were, they couldn't find anything. Absolutely nothing. So as a last ditch effort, they sent a cable to the CIA and asked if Rosemary Smith would be able to work on finding this uh, downed bomber plane. She used her psychic abilities to draw a map and they actually dispatched a team into Africa based on this map that a psychic had given them. Uh, and they went to this location that the psychic told them to go to and they land there. You know, it's like fucking commandos. <laughs> they got the fucking guns, dude. It's like the dudes from Avatar with the sunglasses on, right? And they're probably talking shit, I'm imagining. Like, yeah. Where the fuck we here? Fucking wild goose chase. Come on. Send us some fucking, some, some fucking jungles. Some psychic loser trying to tell us yeah. where to go. Because some secretary had a dream. <laughs> Next thing they know, they see villagers walking around carrying like scrap metal and sheet metal. And they, they interview these villagers and they're like, oh yeah, this plane crashed. It's like, oh my God. It's like a few miles from here. We'll show you where it is. And they, t and they recovered Dude. the Soviet bomber. And they have no explanation as to how Mary was able to do this other than either a lucky guess or psychic ability. If you changed this, uh, I assume like historical instance to like her having autism, this would be one-to-one -one a Philip K. Dick novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of this leads to the most significant event in modern ghost history. June 8th. June 8th. 1984. Fuck. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Mega strangers. <laughs> Ghostbusters writer and star Dan Aykroyd is fascinated yeah. with the techniques and terminology of the Cold War era investigations into the supernatural. Mm. And he uses this fascination to create an action comedy that also introduces all of those concepts to a wide, wide, yeah. wide audience. I watched a mini doc on, on the writing of Ghostbusters and, uh -huh. and Dan Aykroyd, his original script is, like, I wish I could find a copy of it. Yeah. This is apparently so fucking bonkers. And then uh, Ivan Reitman uh, had <laughs> got really high and rewrote it in a weekend. Wow. And that's what the, 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 the version we saw. Well, the literally after Ghostbusters, the world view uh, in the English speaking world, yeah, it's forever changed. Pretty much every cultural product since Ghostbusters shares its same view of how to approach ghosts, a rationalistic, phenomenological way of seeing ghosts, mm. um, trying to hunt ghosts, catch them on videos. We talk about this stuff casually, but yeah. those were just like internal government procedures. Ghostbusters brought those ideas to the whole world. And since 1984, that's the way people like literally that's how people interact with ghosts. Yeah. Um, we've gone from a horse chasing a guy down a road and a glowing haystack to EKG meters, yeah. infrared, setting up cameras and being active ghost hunters. Yeah. And it's all because of Ghostbusters.
I never really thought about that. Yeah, I guess that, that literally changed the whole fucking wavelength of like ghosts and stuff. But were there like other movies prior to Ghostbusters or was other this- ghost movies yeah. prior to Ghostbusters? Nobody was hunting ghosts. That's true. They would bring in like a ghost expert and yeah. he would talk in the terms of like occult and magic mm, and, yeah. you know, ceremonies and portals and energies. But, you know, he didn't have a fucking video camera. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, some of the chats even saying ectoplasm. Like, is that made up just for Ghostbusters too? Like, I that's crazy. I, I, I literally never thought about this. Exactly. Right. That, no, but we just take it as it is what it is. Um, so with that being said, and with so many basic contradictory theories Mm -hmm. and so little science brought to bear on the topic of ghosts, it's not surprising that despite the efforts of thousands of ghost hunters on television and elsewhere for decades, not a single piece of hard evidence of ghosts has ever been found. Yeah. That's right. There's there's never been scientific proof because what is a fucking ghost? Is it a is it a horse? Is it invisible? Does yeah. it does it knock? Like we can't agree. And I've kind of even left out more descriptions of what a ghost could be because a lot of people say it's like a uh, it's like a psychological thing you experience mm-hmm. when you're in the presence of a spirit. It's not like an external thing. It's more like fucking with you on like yeah. a spiritual level, making you feel a sense of foreboding, making you feel its presence um, on a spiritual level. The, the thing that I like to think about, which, which helps me, you know, believe uh, even when I'm doubtful, is that, uh, you know, I always hear this study that like our eyes see more than our brain interprets. Like, Probably, yeah. there's a lot of information that our, our brains just can't interpret. And uh, I always wonder, like, what is actually visible to us or or, or is not visible to us uh, if we could see whatever is, uh, you know, out there. Because, like, uh, the, the big one is that we always see our noses, but our brain kind of filters that out. So, mm-hmm. like, what else is our brain filtering out, you know? Oh, we're going to go on that. Oh, we're going to go really? down that rabbit hole as Shit. well. I've accumulated, dude. I've accumulated all the research I oh could. Oh my god! So here are what here are uh, science's explanations for ghosts, and some of these could arguably be like this is not an explanation. This is a definition of a ghost, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Many patients with dementia have reported seeing ghosts. My great grandma had dementia, and she she would say stuff like that all the time. Hallucinations are a symptom of dementia. And, um, you know, there's a quote here from a dementia patient who says, I get hallucinations where I think there are ghosts living in our garden. Mm. It's so common. There's a term for it. Near death awareness. Okay. Those who are dying and seem to be in and out of this world and the next often find that their deceased loved ones come and communicate with them. In many cases, it's like the pre-deceased loved one is there to aid them to transition into the next world. I watched a whole video on this. It's so common. Yeah. Um, it's very common and often it's associated with a peaceful death. Mm. And so a lot of times it goes unreported. Yeah. Because the family is like, what's the point of like talking about this? It, you know, it kind of went out happy. Yeah, I watched a video on this recently and people kind of got into this instance that like a lot of these people know the exact moment they're going to die. Dude. They'll have like a sense. 
Um, yes. It's also known as uh, something called a death-related sensory experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where you experience a auditory or visual hallucination of a loved one, mm-hmm. most commonly your parents. But there's other things that are common too. Uh, visions of a brightly colored afterlife. Oftentimes people describe seeing a garden. Yeah. These are common. Like this to mm-hmm. me is interesting because it's widespread amongst at least people in the English speaking uh, world. A vision of light. <laughs> Religious figures. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, And a sense of like being okay, a sense of letting go of the ego or like ego death. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you are preparing for death. Um, Another study found that these experiences, this is wild and science, this fucks science up. Uh, These experiences are are, uh, related with something called terminal lucidity. Mm. where you can actually recover brain function that you had previously lost. Oh. Um, People suddenly regain mental clarity, memory, and even like regain consciousness from like a vegetable state after seeing these ghosts. Yes. The video I I watched said a similar thing to this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Patients with severe psychiatric or neurological disorders can have Clarity for days or weeks mm. before their death. Yeah, yeah. Clarity. Like, you're thinking clear. You're not fucked up anymore. And you saw a ghost. And you're cool with it. Because yeah. you're like, yeah, the ghost told me I'm dying next week. And uh, I don't know. I'm really clear-headed about it. This, to me, is, like, so bizarre. And it also challenges, like, um, well-maintained notions in science. For example, the idea that, like, Alzheimer and degenerative brain um, ailments are permanent. Yeah. Because sometimes for just a window, it all goes away. I do want to say that, like, I just for anyone out there, like, this doesn't happen, like, from the video I watched, you know, this doesn't happen every time. No. But it happens a lot. It happens enough um, to be recognized and have, like, um, a name. Exactly. Because I, I just don't want people out there to be like, oh, my, when my grandma dies, she'll be back to normal. Um, The terminal lucidity is very new to science. Terminal lucidity is not even an accepted medical term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even an accepted medical term. That's how un, uh, unexplained these phenomena are and how little um, study has been done. Okay, you've already mentioned this, but some scientists say our perceptions of ghosts may have something to do with electromagnetic fields. Yeah. In the 1980s, a neuroscientist named Michael Persinger hypothesized that excessive magnetic stimulation to the brain led to out-of-body experiences. Ooh, that's cool. Also, infrared sounds, um, which are below the range of human hearing. This is what I've read before, But some animals can hear them, Mm -hmm. but we can't. Um, Studies indicate that humans will feel some of the effects of infrared sounds. I Uh, 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 saw this movie, and the director talked afterwards, and he said he found that those spectrums are in the Dolby sound pack. And he said certain parts of his movies, he just blasts those sounds at you. These sounds are known to cause nausea, disorientation, and general unpleasantness. Um, There's even a story of an engineer who was working in a supposedly haunted lab, Mm -hmm. but later found out that an HVAC system was broken and was emitting this sound, and that's why the lab seemed to be haunted to the people who went in there. Yeah, like I said, I've heard that also it will rattle your eyes a little bit, so you'll see like flashes of light. 
Carbon monoxide poisoning. Yep. <laughs> Popular um, journalist Carrie Poppy gave a TED Talk where she told a story of feeling haunted, um, felt a pressure on her chest, heard whooshing sounds, mm. cried every night. Posted about her experience um, on a ghost forum on Reddit, and they told her to check her carbon monoxide. Uh, and she found that she did have a leak and the, <laughs> the house was poisoning her. Sleep paralysis, which mm -hmm. we've had a whole episode yes. on. Check that out. Check out the sleep paralysis episode. Some people say that is the explanation for ghosts, as well as things like toxic mold in a creepy old house. Toxic mold could cause hallucinations, especially if you're living in it, breathing it in. Yes. Um, scientists say it might just be your imagination, especially if it's a child telling you that they saw a ghost. The brain is pretty powerful. You mentioned this one, blind spots in our vision. You see something, but out of the corner of your eye, and then you turn and it's not there. Yeah. Well, we know that our eyes are not 100% accurate, that we do mm -hmm. have blind spots, yeah. and that things do dip in and out of our vision mm -hmm. naturally in this world. Um, and then the power of suggestion, because if we just yes. get scared, our brains will just make us think that there's a ghost. Yeah, I always uh, harken back to like when I was a kid and, you know, like when you have to turn the lights off yeah. and then you like run up the stairs really fast and you feel like someone's chasing you. Like, I, I bet that could be, you know... Uh, that, that, that feeling of a presence being there is very scary. Yeah. So to me, I, I wanted more scientific, you know, exp I just wanted more. I, okay. I wanted to go deeper on this subject. You were hungry. I was. And so I went into some science websites and forums to get some definitions. And something I found interesting was a definition of the term supernatural okay. versus natural. Mm. In the scientific world, the natural world is things that physically exist in our universe, whether or not they are made by humans. Okay. Salt is natural, but yeah. also a smile is natural because you can actually physically see a smile. You can record <laughs> it. You could study it. Yeah. Why do humans smile? What are the muscles engaged? Um, ghosts exist outside of the natural world ghosts mm. are not physical entities um they're not reproducible they don't leave any traces mm. and so it is yeah, i found this definition that said science cannot pass judgment on supernatural things science cannot say if a supernatural thing is real or not yeah. because it is outside the scope of what science can study, which is the natural world. And the definition goes on to say, if you want to take a natural world view, then you must accept the lack of evidence mm. in the existence of ghosts. And that is kind of the official response. Science says, we can't say whether ghosts exist or not because we haven't found a, a reliable way to study that phenomenon. Yeah. And that in and of itself proves to us that ghosts probably don't exist. Okay. That's what science says. And what? Were you going to say oh, something? Oh, no. I was, just, I was thinking like the, the term super, like in the, in, in the, the phrase of supernatural, like I guess yeah. the, the word super has different meaning now. Cause like superheroes and stuff, but it, I guess it, I'm realizing that it means like outside, out of, of. outside of the, the ordinary, outside of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Which would be a superhero. Yeah. And then there is at least one physicist 
named Brian Cox, who contends that he has proven that ghosts don't exist by using the Large Hadron Collider in Sweden. Yeah. And his basic argument here is there is no medium by which that information could be transferred. Mm -hmm. Your consciousness and your thoughts after you die, if, if your ghost was able to leave your body, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't use electrons. It doesn't use neutrons. Like there's no like system in place for that information to be transferred. Yeah. He says, if there was, we would have found it using the large Hadron Collider. Yeah. We would have seen trails of it. Okay. Okay. Well, I will leave you with one more thing. Because all of this was pretty convincing to me. And I felt like, okay, science. (laughs) So you say ghosts don't exist. Sure. All right. But then I thought, yeah, but there's a bunch of fucking crazy shit that science can't explain. There's a bunch of fucking reality breaking shit that science just does not have an answer for. So to act. And no, I love science, by the way. I fucking love science. science. Nothing against scientists. I love talking to scientists. I'd love to have a scientist on the show. Yeah, we should get a scientist yeah. on the show. <laughs> I just like to keep the window open, you know? I just want to, you know, be more thoughtful about stuff. And one of the things I discovered, and this is crazy, does this prove ghosts or not? Dark matter. Dark energy. Mm-hmm. Scientists believe that 95% of the universe is imperceptible. Yeah. And what is known as dark matter or dark energy. And what they say is the way that our galaxy and our universe is structured, the amount of spin that our galaxies have and the distribution of our stars and, you know, everything in these galaxies, it's very condensed. It's very slowed down. They're saying... It's mostly empty space out there, and yet the universe is acting as if it's filled with stuff. Okay. There must be some sort of matter out there in space that is weighing down everything that is causing the universe to behave in the way that it does. And they estimate that this matter is 95% of the universe. Okay. Just like dark matter. Yeah. It emits no light. Mm hmm. And it's totally undetectable. And they really have no proof that it exists. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, is this more like a theory or is it like well, science fact? They can't detect it with the Large Hadron Collider. Uh-huh. I watched multiple videos about this because I wanted to make sure I got the science right on this. Yeah. Dark matter. Only 5% of matter is observable. Stars, planets, dust, comics. That, that only makes up 5% of the universe. 25% of the universe is dark matter. The other 25 or the other 75% is dark energy. Um, there are no particles, no gamma rays, or any detectable sign of this matter. But we know it must be there because the formation of the universe just dictates that something is there. All we know is something is out there. There's a lot of it, and it interacts with our gravity, right? Okay. Um, it's the leading theory, and scientists are very convinced that dark matter does exist, but they also say we could be completely wrong. Yeah. And we may discover a new model in the future that proves that dark matter doesn't exist. But I find it interesting that they believe in it 
but they can't detect it. But they can only detect its presence through other things. It, yeah. uh, it affects the things around it, just like ghosts do. Just like ghosts affect the electronics in the room yeah, yeah. or affect your feelings. <laughs> I'm not drawing it. I'm not saying dark matter is ghosts. I'm just saying if your argument is we haven't detected any medium yeah. for ghosts to exist, you haven't detected 95% of the fucking universe. There's a lot you haven't detected. There's a lot. Exactly. You, there's a lot you can't explain scientifically. There's a lot of things that people act that are, like they're science fact when they're in fact science theory. Um, you know, like, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it cause I don't know. I, I, I don't have that knowledge, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot that people don't know. And, uh, you know, it's kind of shitty to be like, yeah, ghosts don't exist when there's no definitive yes or no. I think there's a lot of evidence against ghosts existing, but yeah. there's a lot of, uh, evidence against a lot of things. Yeah. Um, which, but you know, but, and yet they still exist. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, there's more dark energy and more dark matter being created every single day. And we mm. don't know where it comes from. And you know what else is happening every single day? People dying. Ooh. People killing, people dying. Uh, the last thing that I will leave it on is I don't have the answers. But I looked into what philosophers have to okay. say. Do, do philosophers believe in ghosts? And the general theory is, look, there's only two options mm -hmm. when you die. Either your consciousness continues in some way, Please. and that would be considered an afterlife. Mm -hmm. your, your consciousness continues. You maintain your identity outside of your body. That's option one. Or the other option is what is known as eternal oblivion, which Philosophers would describe as being similar to a deep, dreamless sleep. Yeah. And then... You're just, uh, boom, you're gone. Yeah. And what they fall on is, look, if my consciousness is going to go on after I die, nothing to worry about. Yeah. You know, I'll chat with my friends. We'll have fun. We'll make jokes. Things will be good. If it's just like a deep, dreamless sleep, well, pretty much also kind of nothing to worry about. Yeah. Because I won't have any problems. I won't have any pain. I won't have any anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be snoozing yeah and uh so it's pretty much no matter what <laughs> doesn't matter it's still scary to like you know be on the cusp of the void and not know but uh they say philosophy actually says the worst part is the fear of death exactly and, and they say fucking exactly and they say you know what the reason why it's not worth worrying about is because you when, won't care when you're alive you're not dead yeah and when you're dead you're not you're alive, not alive. So trying to think about what it would be like on the other side is frivolous and futile. I, I think people get really scared. They have the sense of like, what, like the world will go on without me, but the world did go on before you were even around, you know, like what you, you, you didn't exist at one point regardless. Yeah. So like, but you could, you might just turn into dark energy and exist in a non-detectable way and you'll be able to like fuck with the lights and uh, turn on, turn on TVs and shit. I want to do that. Well, that's this episode of Mega Strange, everybody. Hey, thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Strange. You can yes. follow us on Instagram as well. Um, look us up. This was fun. We'll be back next Saturday with a recorded episode of Mega Strange and every Saturday. Yes. And we thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you then. Have a good week, and stay strange. Good night.
Thank you.